Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's The American Scream! That was a pretty good scream, Tim. Is that your favorite uh, American painting? The American Scream by George Washington? Mm-hmm. Yes. Carver? Yes, George Washington Carver. He loved to scream. He loved the movie Scream. And he invented Peanuts. And he loved the movie Scary Movie 2. Mm-hmm. Who didn't? Starring the guy who played the oldest brother on Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> David Anthony with the cutest, oh yeah, I mean, in the business. So, obviously, we've, we've been watching a lot of movies during quarantine, some of which have been like 90s throwback things, you know? Oh, I love a good throwback. Uh, but, like, for whatever reason, whenever we're looking for, like, oh, we're going to watch a horror movie, like, Scary Movie and Scary Movie 2 always pop up, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm so curious what those are like to watch now. I saw Scary Movie... In the movie theaters, and it was the funniest thing that I think I'd ever seen in my entire life. Really? When I was in that movie theater. Oh, just a giggle fest. Because I was like, what, 12? Sure. 13? There's a part where she, like, shaves her armpits in the bathtub, and I was just like, ah! <laughs> yeah, the American think- laugh. I think that was my experience of seeing uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle in the theater. Oh, baby. That was a good one. Uh, we did rewatch the Harold and Kumar trilogy recently, which was good. That's a trilogy? Yeah. I thought they only made the two, because no. one of them is like they go to Guantanamo Bay, right? Yes, yes. The third one is a 3D Christmas film that's way better than it has any right to be. Yeah, that's that, interesting. That one's the good. second Harold and Kumar was not very good. No, it wasn't. I'd never seen that one, oddly enough. I'd seen one in three somehow. Mm. Uh, and three is actually pretty entertaining. Well, there you have it. This has been, as you were, a podcast about Harold and Kumar, mm-hmm. the trilogy. Yes. Uh, we learned a lot this week. We being David Anthony and me being Tim Crisp, the one who didn't know that there was a third Harold and Kumar, but you live and you learn. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Bubba's. All right. Bye. Hey, as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio is our other podcast. And let's throw let's throw an episode of As You Were a podcast about Alkaline Trio on the end of As You Were a podcast about Harold and Kumar just for, you know. Well, cross promotion. Mm, I mean, yes. we do do two podcasts. Yeah, I mean, it's a crossover episode. It's like when Jay Sherman goes on The Simpsons. It stinks. It does. Buy my book. Um. Hey, so this is our podcast. It's called As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio. His name is David Anthony. My name is Tim Crisp. We are two friends, two Chicagoans, and. <laughs> Like all y'all out there, we are uh, experiencing some uh, very historic shit right now. Mm-hmm. We hope that this is finding all y'all safely, and we hope that... David, what do we hope? 
What hope do we have left? Um, <laughs> not much. I mean, let's not get super heavily into it, but we are recording this on a Sunday afternoon, not a Sunday morning that uh, no doubt saying about so off, you know, so gleefully. Mm. This is the afternoon. We're a little, uh, a little more down. The energy has uh, worn off. But it's this, the Sunday after a lot of stuff had been that kind of breaking out across the country the past week. Um, and it's, man, I, I don't want to get too heavily into it, but it's been hard to watch a lot of, uh, a lot of protesters get beaten, uh, mm-hmm. on social media and it's, it's, uh, it's a difficult time. Um, and I think we need to acknowledge that and acknowledge that, uh, Sometimes it can feel really trivial to be like, I'm going to talk about an Alkaline Trio song for a half hour when there's like much more important things to talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, generally speaking. But it's also important to get away from being, uh, from burning yourself out by being only invested in that very harsh reality the entire time. Uh, Definitely. Sorry to just toss that one at you after we had a good pre-pro meeting about how we were going to do it i got kind of cold feet there yeah i mean it's it's a difficult thing to talk about and i uh understand that a lot of our listeners are probably people that look similar to tim and i Mm -hmm. um and i just think it's very important for people like us to a um not be the loudest voices in the room right now i think that's really helpful uh B, I think, listen to other people. Uh, I know people mm-hmm. are currently listening to us, and I'm telling them to listen to other people, so that's weird, but you know what I mean. And C, also, um, be a place where if people want to talk about these things um, or are looking for resources of how to get involved or just need to vent or feel like they can uh, throw some words um at a thing you know kind of in private i want them to know they're free to email us or email me directly we can talk about stuff like i'm happy to be a soundboard for anyone who needs it um yeah i would say we just need to be good to each other and understand that everything people are seeing on the news that i think um uh, of things like looting and property damage which i think for a lot of people um that's a thing a lot of people don't like to see and it's fair and I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we need to keep in mind what the root cause of all this is. This isn't, you know, th- three black people have been murdered um, yep. over the past week and a half. I'm trying to think of when this will be out in time, but you know what I right, mean? Right. Uh, and that, that also is something that has happened uh over the past a, a whole lot and over the past mm-hmm. decade has only really come to prominence you know obviously the rodney king mm-hmm. video in the early 90s was a, a, one of the first times i think that a lot of non-white people were confronted with police brutality and injustice um and we've seen a lot more of it we've seen a lot of it locally here in chicago um Mm-hmm. But it's a national problem. And, you know, I think it's just important to have context for why these things are happening, the importance of um, these things historically 
in revolutionary moments, the importance of what is happening and what you're seeing on TV and why uh, it's a difficult, scary thing for a lot of people. Um, but historically mm. has been a spark that hopefully brings about change. And, um, you know, ultimately to everyone who's listening, who is not someone who looks like us, you know, um, if you feel like we are not doing a good enough job, uh, you can email us and tell us, and that's fine too. Um, as you were podcast at gmail.com, uh, David's email is David Anthony rules 69420 um at hotmail.com uh hotmail.edu.sbcglobal.net mhm um you know we are the punk community is very very white and it's important to step out and to listen to people who are of different ethnicities, genders, different backgrounds. Be as open as you can. Be an ally to whomever you can. Mm -hmm. So it does feel a little fickle sometimes to be doing this podcast, but we hope that this finds you at a time where you're able to decompress and focus on some goodness. And what better way to do it than by talking about a song off of this addiction? Yes, my favorite Alkaline <laughs> Trio record. Uh, you know, just a, just an album I, I love to listen to, I love to think about, and I love to talk about. Um, so that's what we're going to do right now. Although, good track. Yeah, I mean, had you heard this song before? No, I don't think so. Although, when it started... I thought that I had. I was like, we we covered this song, haven't we? And I went back into our archives, which of course you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, mm-hmm. also on betteryetpod.com. Yes. All of these are available, these episodes mm-hmm. of our podcast. You can also find episodes of Harold and K- Kumar go to David and Tim's podcast mm-hmm. no we haven't talked about this podcast it's or <laughs> we have talked about this podcast unfortunately um but it does feel like a a pretty like you know cut and cut and paste matt skiba song structure sure. two verses chorus verse chorus yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of chorus repeats at the end um a nice little guitar lead that mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of Warbrain. Yes. Um, which is funny because this one is much more direct about being about war than yes. Warbrain was. Yeah, like Warbrain famously is not a song about war. Mm-hmm. It's a song about having a pretty massive hangover. Uh, yeah. Um, Your but, brain. Yes, exactly. Uh but this is about, I think, as overt as they get into that arena. Um, yeah, that and like over and out, I would say. Are the yeah, two. yeah. And over and out, I don't like. And, you know, Matt has been very transparent about like the I believe his parents met in Vietnam um, mm-hmm. and like both served. So, like, I think, you know, I think there's uh, it makes sense that there's an inherent interest in the subject matter you know sure um when it's close to you 
that just seems logical to me. Uh, mm-hmm. th- but I think the reason that it feels like we've talked about the song, because I had that same feeling and also had to look. <laughs> uh, oh, did you look at uh, betteryetpod.com or did you go to one of the... I, I Go ahead. Anyway, uh, is this song, from when I first heard it, I think it's very similar to the title track of the album it's on, This Addiction. Like the, the uh-huh. songs are, they're not one-to-one the same, uh, but they are very like, I don't want to say they are like Alkaline Trio by numbers because I, I like both of them to varying degrees, but they just have all the hallmarks of like, if I wrote an Alkaline Trio song, it would right. probably be like this. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of octaves, a lot of the big repeating parts. Um, Pretty simple lead. Yeah, but, 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 when I say all that, that is to say that, like, I do think there are some pretty effective moments throughout it. Oh, yeah. Um, There's a reason these structures work. True. I mean, these are, this is the Beach Boys. This is the Ronettes. This is as far back as it goes um, in pop music. And this one has a real just simple flow to it. It's one of those songs that, sounds like they didn't spend too much time on mm-hmm. and i think that the sonics um which you know we've talked about this addiction being a really like bizarre um you know return to form mm-hmm. quote unquote um let's simplify things a little bit but this is the one where or this is one of them where i think it's exactly what it should be yeah yeah and i think that's the thing is like I think that lead is really nice, very reminiscent of Warbrain, but it's a little more driving, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Warbrain has a little more of a melancholy feel to it than this does, which is weird, again, given the subject matter, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the chorus is really strong. I, I like the backing vocals. I think Derek's playing on it is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it that part really doesn't feel like something they had done fully before. Um, and I think that's a really interesting moment. And then I think kind of at the end, like you were saying, when Matt's repeating the American scream over and over again, his chords progression gets really interesting there. He kind mm-hmm. of throws in some extra notes They're He's kind of playing off it a little bit. And that's always fun to see. I, I like when he's doing that in bridges of songs or outros of songs where he just, he throws in a little interjection to the thing to give it a little unique feel. Um, and, you know, those are things that he's always been strong at. And I think the band is really strong at from like good morning onward of just putting a little like putting 5% weirdness in. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what they do there. Yeah, this is a song that, you know, I think it works really well as a second single that was my thought upon hearing it and going to the wikipedia that's exactly what it is it's the second single yeah from this record um i guess when when you heard it for the first time you know we every time we get into one of the later records i always like to go back to your first experience of hearing it this addiction, I think, really takes a dive on the second half. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is track number five. How mm-hmm. are you feeling about it when it starts? How are you feeling about it when it ends in the context of the record? 
Yeah, I mean, when I really think about this addiction, like, the back half is is pretty weak. And mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of my really negative feelings come out. Because, you know, I'm sure, like, I... This addiction isn't my favorite Alkaline Trio song, but I don't dislike it. I don't mm-hmm. really care for Dine, Dine, My Darling. Uh, <laughs> I think Lead Poisoning is weird in a fun way, and I, I kind of like that on the floor. So, like, this is hearing it for the first time. I'm sure I'm getting to this track, and I'm like, oh, it's like another kind of up-pace, like, up-tempo Alkaline mm-hmm. Trio song. Um, it's one that I don't think about a lot because, I don't know, like, it's solid. It's just... There's little things about it that I think after sitting with it for 10 years, um, my feeling on it has evolved. I think initially it was like, yeah, like this is a cool song, pretty cool subject matter, um, or at least interesting, not cool. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, I was like, all right, like Matt's trying to do something like that. He was never the I think he was always kind of privately political maybe not privately like but like it didn't really come into song that much yeah you know i remember being like kind of surprised about how outspoken he was about george bush Mm -hmm. in like the 2003 2004 era when there was hope that somebody else might get elected president yeah um that kind of surprised me because you didn't hear much of anything political in his lyrics. Yeah. And yeah, the the way that he takes the subject matter, to me it's similar to something like Sadie or Donner Party where he's writing about something particular that's inspiring him um, to see it happen in a political realm. It would make sense that this story... And the story is, I mean, it's pretty plain in the lyrics of the song, but it's about a soldier who comes home and commits suicide at his mother's graveside. That is the type of story that Matt Skiba, as we know him, is certainly going to latch on to. For sure. And he crafts a good song around it. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, to your point, like, I would say his most openly political song is probably Prevent This Tragedy, which is like very much retelling of that story, you mm-hmm. know, and, and was pretty vocal about the West Memphis Three after the kind of like Bush re-election, you know, mm-hmm. he, and he was also very vocal about animal rights and things like, you know, like, right. I, I definitely, you know, he was, he, he was, you know, definitely advocating for stuff, but it rarely crossed into the band. And it's mm-hmm. interesting that this song is on this addiction because that's kind of... I think for a lot of people, this era is the kind of come down after the Bush years. You Mm -hmm. know, Obama was in office. I think a lot of bands that were waving those flags in from 2000 to 2008, from 2008 to 2016, kind of stopped. Yeah. You know, and that's not to say, that's not to place any blame on anybody, but that's just kind of what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this song gets kind of lost because of that you know because mm. he, he is telling a story that i don't think you know it's not really it, it's kind of showing and highlighting the the difficulty of being you know in a war and having to come back and largely not having a country that does a great job of helping people reacclimate 
to me, mm-hmm. that's like that's the real tragedy of the whole thing is that that's not an isolated incident. There are a lot of people who come back from those things, and and especially a war that I think many people would say was not did not have the greatest foundation for needing to happen. Um, <laughs> you know, it, that makes it more tragic because it it feels like there's continued fallout from right. something that just didn't need to happen. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's more similar to Vietnam in that way, which is obviously a touchstone. And I assume he's seeing the parallels there. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a period of everybody kind of patting themselves on the back. And I think there was a lot of hope that, you know, policy towards the sort of, um, I don't know, America trying to run the world mm-hmm. was going to die down a little bit and it yeah. never really did. No, I mean, and this is the thing. It's like we've gotten into it and, and definitely lost some listeners and upset some people before. So I'm not going to restate all my points. Um, But a lot of war and a lot of American war is based around hegemony and like our need and constant reminder to the rest of the world that we are a superpower and we will take what we want when we want to. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that is not true across the board. There's obviously World War II, which is a very noble cause. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there are needs for interventionism. For me, the 2000s was not an example. No. And it, it, it's difficult because I, I respect people who... Um, served it's a difficult thing but i also think the institution is deeply flawed uh i also think like what we what we spend on the military is a lot a lot a lot a lot Um, yeah and even just you know this is um i'm not going to give particulars but i have a friend who works in uh advertising and his client is the army and they just have to spend money so that their budget doesn't go down. And they don't need to spend that much money to advertise they are the fucking army. Mm-hmm. Um, but by all accounts, they waste a lot of money because that's just, they have a budget. You know, it's that episode of The Office where there's the budget surplus. Right. Like, you have to spend it otherwise, it gets taken away from you. Right. Which, you know, n- not everything needs that much money every single year. That's just kind of how it goes. But... Yeah, the point that I'm that I'm reaching to is in the present day, like this is a song that's kind of weird for me just because I think there is a weirdness when punk bands are very vague about where they're falling. And I think this song can be read a few different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I've told the story before of like going to see Green Day in 2016 and them playing American Idiot songs and a guy in front of me screaming locker up and like, you know. Shut mm-hmm. up, just play music, and it's like that's fucking like to most people. Green it's like, Day, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, uh, I don't know if you know this, sir, but George Bush was the American idiot. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, I I think that's the thing is like you know I had this moment where I'm like, oh yeah, so like is, is, when you really read the lyrics to American Idiot or listen to it, like that's gonna fit either side of the spectrum, which is mm-hmm. why they're so popular. I'm sure right. there's plenty of people who. Um, supported the war and supported George Bush who liked Green Day because it was you know it was vague enough to fit mm-hmm. and I think this is a song that because Matt's really leaning uh, because he's taking what is really like the story of this song is essentially one scene 
where it's a man mm-hmm. killing himself at his mother's graveside and extrapolating out of that, he leans a little heavily on, you know, just very kind of red, white, and blue patriotic symbolism. And, yeah. you know, he's definitely telling that story, but I think, and, and kind of decrying some of these things, but it, it, it's in a very underhanded way. Like if you're coming into this without those knowledge, without the knowledge of what that war was, of what this story actually is, I think you can read it the opposite way. And that's kind of weird. It's weird. And I mean, that's the nature of all things. Everyone can read art two different ways, eight right. different ways, you know? Um, but it's but just when this... it comes to something that has a political message, you really don't want that message to have any lack of clarity to it. It's kind of like, you know, if you were to look at the, movie cover for born on the 4th of july a movie yeah, yeah, that's yeah. about uh soldiers coming home from war and dealing with alcoholism and poverty and drug use but if you look at the cover it's it's a movie called born on the 4th of july with an american flag in the background and a soldier you can see it and and assume that it is one thing mm-hmm. or the other mm-hmm and this is yeah i mean pop music um tends to paint in pretty broad strokes and i think that this song too you know it wasn't like it wasn't directed to a larger audience yeah yeah. they might have been going for it big time with agony and irony and maybe they weren't trying to hit those marks as much on this addiction but they're still a pretty popular band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they they were definitely still in a place where, like, they were doing well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that, like, it's just really funny. Like, on the This Addiction Tour, Cursive opened for them, right? And Really? Yeah. And now, Cursive, compared to the Alkaline Trio, is a lot weirder of a band. Uh-huh. But, but in the grand scheme of music not that much like really right like Mm -hmm. and i remember uh they were playing art is hard Mm -hmm. and there's that kind of stop and then it comes back in and a bunch of people started just clapping during the stop and tim casher just started laughing and then they went back into it (laughs) and that's how i feel about some of their material from this era where it's like i think there's a lot of like disconnects where I think people liked it and I liked some of it, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think it was just like, they wanted to be something else. They wanted to be the cool, weird band for a minute. This Mm -hmm. record isn't that they're definitely taking risks on it. You don't put a trumpet solo on the record if you're not trying to do something different. So kudos to that, (laughs) but it's just kind of a trumpet solo on a like alkaline trio song, you know, you know, and like, I think that's really where a lot of the disconnects come in is like, you know, both men, Dan, I think regard this record in very different ways and have mm-hmm. publicly in their Ranky records thing. Matt loves it. Felt like it was a really good time to make it. Dan thinks they were like getting way too drunk and partying too much and it lacked the focus. And mm-hmm. I think that's just true of a lot of the material here is like, even in the eyes of the creators, they don't really align on how this record is. Yeah. This is like such an identity crisis period. Yeah, I, I think the, you know, just the idea that there's a need to return to form 
is a statement in itself. And I can't believe they had cursive open for them. What a time. Yeah. Um, Both bands are in such a... I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because, I mean, I think I, in particular, was in the demographic of, oh, cursive's opening for the Alkaline Trio? That's cool. Ugly Organ came out the same year as Good Morning, mm -hmm. I think, or, like, nearby. Right about it. Me and my friends were into fucking both of those bands but yeah that's strange um and i'm looking this up and just because i wanted to double check and and this Mm -hmm. is interesting too is like because this was 2010 correct me if i'm wrong yeah so this is 2010 2011 dan's first solo lp comes out dan uh, the hurricane season and then like 2012 2013 matt does the couple um eps with adam willard under that name the hell uh, yeah. And like, oh, jeez, I forgot about that. And like, it's just kind of funny because clearly they were like going in different places for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it shows. I think there was, I think, you know, Matt was going through a divorce mm-hmm. too. Like, there's a lot of weirdness there. And like, I don't want to begrudge, like, I don't begrudge any of that. Like, not all people make great out of, of, like, personal strife. And there was was a lot of that. There was a lot of weirdness. There was a lot of difficulty. Um, But there are good songs in the midst of that. I just think this is the unique example where it's kind of in such a weird middle ground. Like, it Mm -hmm. does some stuff I like. It does some stuff that I feel is a little boilerplate. Lyrically, it's it's exploring a thing, but it only kind of tiptoes up to it um and, you know and it's not the job of pop music to like fully explain the issue um mm-hmm. but it feels this is a song i've always just felt super mixed on just because it's like it's so indicative of such a weird point for this band and like mm-hmm. you know there's a difference between like you know prevent this tragedy where matt's just like really laying it out there to the point where it's like almost too literalist. If you don't know the story, it's probably like, oh shit, this is interesting and weird. Right, right. But this one is just like, I don't know, the yellow ribbon around the oak tree. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's it's pretty indicative of this record that really the songs that stand out from it are the ones that are closest to the boilerplate alkaline trio tracks sure and the ones that don't work are the ones that are just really half-assed attempts mm-hmm. to do something different yeah so this is one where i think that they they locked into something that's pretty good mm-hmm. um and that's about all i got i will for- say because we don't talk about the alt versions that much. The Damnesia version of this one is pretty dramatically different Yeah, um, with the piano. It almost sounds like, because this is one of the few ones where like hearing Damnesia, I'm like, oh, they actually did something drastically different. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting. It's one of the few. And it has just kind of Matt playing the piano, almost like a callback to their Halloween cover. Mm-hmm. Um it almost sounds like it's very John Carpenter esque, which I'm sure is intentional. Um, <laughs> you think? Yeah. You think Matt Skiba likes John Carpenter scores? Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, the end of it I actually think is really nice. 
yeah they i actually, all kind of come in and stuff's uh-huh. layered really well where it's like ah like if you guys would have done more stuff like this on damnesia i wouldn't feel the way i feel about it like mm-hmm. this is at least like oh you actually had a different take for this whole thing that's kind of cool yeah um, i it, does, it doesn't rarely... necessarily make me like it more but it's cool Mm-hmm. I rarely listen to the Damnesia versions, and this was one of the few times where I just searched the track and listened to it rather than search the album on mm-hmm. Spotify. And so I saw that they were there were two, and I queued up this addiction, Damnesia, this addiction, thinking that I would get halfway through the Damnesia version and then skip ahead. To yeah, yeah, yeah. But I listened through it and then I put it on again. Yeah, I was I like, know. this is dope. Well, that's the thing is like they're capable of doing stuff like that. And it's weird to me that they isolate it all onto like a reinterpretations record as opposed to just like a song It'd like be over sick it. if this was on the fucking record. Yeah, it's like if they had done or even those type of treatments on songs like over and out to go back to something uh-huh. that's like a direct line, they could make a good song on it. They know how to do it. It's yeah. just, I think they, I wonder how much they feel like, oh, well, that's not really an Alkaline Trio song. Like, we're not going to play that, which is probably true. They're mm-hmm. going to tour with a fucking piano. Right. You right. know? Um, and especially on this record, even though they do some shit that's nowhere near a, like, quote unquote, back to basics. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, especially, like you said, the B side of this record up until the last track is rough. Just yeah. really rough. It's like... <laughs> Three of my least favorite Alkaline Trio songs back to back to back. It's it's a mm-hmm. tough stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you make a good point. I think the A side of this record has more redeeming qualities than I give it credit. Mm-hmm. I don't love all the songs, but not all of them are awful. What do you rate this one? I'm going to give it a three. Um, yeah. What about you? I give it a three and a half. Um, yeah. I think that when it, you know, when I approach songs from these records it's always with such a like all right here it comes let's mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. and when this one kicks in it's just like oh cool nice yeah. little alkaline trio song um and that's kind of that's kind of the peak of my <laughs> like feeling about it there's sure. not like they don't reach any points where i'm just like oh shit but it doesn't it's not like it goes downward it just kind of stays flat yeah yeah and i think that's fair i think there's really cool parts i think it's only weakened by how close to this addiction the song it feels to me like not Mm -hmm. not in the track list but just like musically Mm -hmm. um i think arguably musically it's better than this addiction uh Mm. yeah i mean it's just a unique one where it's like it it touches some things i like but doesn't go far enough in other directions and you know, that's sometimes that just happens. That is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not the biggest tragedy in the world. <sighs> yeah. So thankfully, they were able to prevent that tragedy. Hi, oh, hey, this is our podcast. It's called As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio. His name is David Correct. Anthony. Uh, that's two first names. Mm-hmm. And my name is Tim Crisp. That's one first name and one cool last name. Uh, and and a texture yeah and uh it's on the bo- a lot of cereal boxes and True. crackers we 
started this podcast a couple years ago because we wanted to have an excuse to talk to each other and to hang out. And we did just that this week from a distance, mm-hmm. which is okay. It's nice to be able to have a reason to talk to your friend, especially when the city that you live in is kind of in chaos. Mm-hmm. We hope that this found you all well and uh, that it was able to provide you with some enjoyment. And we appreciate all of you who have stuck with us from episode one to chimpanzee. <clears throat> we <laughs> we're super thankful um, for it and hope that everybody is doing what they can to continue on in this very, very strange time. And we invite any of you to send us an email as you were podcast at gmail.com. If there's anything that we can do to help you or to be a sounding board, we're here for it. And we appreciate all of you um, who have continued on even at times that have, that have made you upset for whatever various reasons we've given mm-hmm. people to be upset we have a patreon patreon.com slash as you were we have something very very tight that's going yes. to be heading into that space soon and that's all i'm going to say about that but yeah, I, I will say this is one that if we uh if we were more of an interview podcast would have mm. happened probably early. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited about, so all of you guys keep your eyes peeled. That's going to be real cool. And we invite any of you all who aren't over on Patreon to come on over. It's a great place to hang out and to vote on the songs that we talk about, which we haven't done in a little bit, David. We got some some making up to do in that regard. Yeah, but- that's fine. Either way, we invite you to come back next week for another episode of our podcast. As you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, we'll see you then. Thanks, buddy. Bye.